to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersland, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Jim Joseph, we'll try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the United States this morning. Hey, go sure wish you would. Always appreciate hearing from folks all around town, all around the world, wherever you may be. That's it, wherever you may be. Just give us a call and try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Now, when you start getting into the actual rebuilding of it, you have to come across, you know, do you have the expertise to do this? Is this something you're going to be able to do yourself? Is it part of it you can do yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you have to form other parts out? Do you have someone that you can rely on to form out the stuff that you can't do? For instance, if the air conditioning is broken on the car and you don't have the equipment to do that, you have to have somebody to form that out to. Exactly. And the time to figure that out is before you need this service. Right. You know, find a shop that is willing to work on this car for you before you get involved too involved with it the parts you don't want to do right now when you come to like body work and stuff like that a lot of people can do some body work if they just they want to take their time they want to read up on it probably is going to take you a lot longer than it would have taken an expert but you can probably get pretty good results if you follow the instructions mm-hmm. and take your time and work with it but when it comes to painting it well that's a whole different matter right a car to be painted correctly needs to be painted in a paint booth right which has a controlled environment keeps the trash out the paint lays down right and the the finish is correct well, when paint it comes out is sticky by nature it's very sticky and it's soft and it's wet and it stays wet for a period of time so if you're painting this car out in your driveway and a fly decides to come in and sit on that brand new paint job right in the middle and generally it's right in the middle of the roof right over oh, the driver's course. door <laughs> well, so you, time you walk it. up to it you get this dead fly in your paint uh-huh yeah that is something you're probably going to have to farm out sure not to mention the environmental concerns your neighbor's probably not going to really appreciate you out there spraying urethane or enamel into the air (laughs) or particular cover color that covers his property yeah it blows all over in his house and all that stuff so you're probably going to have to find a body shop or a paint shop that's going to be able to do that part of you for you right it's just not something you would normally want to tackle yourself and even before paint you need to get this vehicle evaluated to make sure you don't have any frame concerns right because i've seen a lot of people come in with a car completely finished completely painted and it pulls hard to one way or the other it doesn't drive correct sitting out of level right they bring it in and you find out the frame is bent Mm -hmm. well at this point everything's painted and in the process of straightening a frame, paint gets damaged. It can. It can get damaged. It definitely so, can. Well, it's not unlike a house where your house, the foundation is sagging on it. You don't notice that. And you go in and you sheetrock all the walls, you wallpaper, you paint, and then you go jack the house up. Exactly. <laughs> What's going to happen to all this nice drywall you same, put in here? Same, same, same thing, thing with a car. Yeah, particularly if something... A body panel was bent with the frame, and someone went in and smoothed it with some body filler. Well, when you straighten that out, it's going to go back to its original shape, and all that body filler is going to pop out, and the paint is stuck to the body filler. Exactly. So you can get into a lot of problems with that. Next thing we talk about is having a place to do all this. Right. A carport is not the best place to do it. It can Can be done done. there. Mm -hmm. It can be done. I personally did one under carport. Right. And takes a lot out of it because you have to allow for the weather outside if it's too hot or if it's raining and the wind's blowing in on you well you know security security because you've got all your parts laying around and tools some thug comes down the street you know i'd like to have one of those and poop your tools you got to pick them up lock them away world being what it is you you can't just leave things laying out right A, a nice 30 by 30 garage garage that you can secure would be 
not the ideal place, but it would be better than an open car. Oh, yeah, it would be, be much, much better than anything else, and particularly if it's climate-controlled. That would be even better. You know, a lot of people do jobs. A lot of people who restore cars are handy anyway, uh-huh. so they do jobs that are handy. For instance, they may be a carpenter. They may be a plumber. They may be a roofer, whatever. These types of people who can work with their hands are generally the kind of people who are going to tackle restore sure. a car. And a lot of those guys can't work when it's raining. Right. So, so yeah, if, if you are a roofer or a carpenter or whatever you may not be able, so that's the time you might want to go home and work on your car well if you got nowhere to put it and it's raining you can't work on a car either exactly <laughs> so yeah these are just kinds of things that are not exactly part of restoring the car but, but they are part it of is it. part of restoring yeah. the car <laughs> yeah it's just things to think through uh, another thing if you have a friend who is kind of interested too if you kind of buddy up with somebody that helps a lot that'll help a lot because helps a lot of motivation well, if he enjoys doing it, he's probably willing to come over and give you a hand, hold this, help sure. me pull this, push this, uh, let's jack this up, I'm going to let this down, watch for me, and probably not charge anything. Whereas if you had to pay a helper, right, that's going to really drastically inflate your cost. So if you got a friend who kind of enjoys doing this too, he may do it just for the fun of doing it. Well, and he may have a project later on that you can help him with. Right. You or know, you may trade out. Yeah, both be working on cars at the same time, and you give him a hand, he gives you a hand. Sure just makes things a whole 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 lot easier so these are just some of the things we had talked about now another big thing is before you get into this project is this a car that you're gonna have time to drive because if you get this car you fix it all up right you get and then painted. you put it in your garage and it sits there what's gonna happen to it same thing that happens to any car you leave set right it's gonna deteriorate so you have to before you go spend a lot of money, you think this is really cool. Do you have time to drive this car? Right, and you think, "Hey, I'm gonna drive it back and forth to work every day." Mm-hmm. And in some some situations, that's that's viable. But other situations, think about where you leave your car today. Right, you leave it in the parking lot, surrounded by other cars and other drivers. Mm-hmm. That's not a car that I personally would want to leave in a parking lot somewhere. Well, if you have a very valuable car, a very nice car, number one, you, you got the problem of securing. If it's sitting out in an open lot, it's going to draw attention. Oh, people just want to come up and look. And some of those people are just people who admire it. Some of those people are people who are glad for you having this. They think, look how great this is. Other ones are people who are just, hey, maybe, maybe yeah, I'd like to have this. Why, why does he have it and I don't have it? Uh-huh. So I'll just take my pocket knife and put a big scratch down the side. I mean, that is kind of the darker side of humanity, but it is out it happens. there. So you've got to have a way to secure the car. I know back when I had these kind of cars, I generally would not ever leave them in a parking lot. No, myself neither. If I was going somewhere, I'd just have to take another car. And when I go drive, I might go out on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever and just take the car out for a drive. But sure. I was in the car the whole time. And these are the kind of things you have to think about. Do you have time to do that? Do you have the inclination to do that? Right. Because you're building something that's going to need to be used. And if you don't use it, it's, it's going to... Deteriorate. deteriorate and i know everybody will point out these museums and all that kind of stuff and there that's true they are and sitting in a museum there is stored climate controlled environment and there is a whole staff that takes care of that car there is there is and and they got it jacked up with the tires not touching the ground they rotate this and they do that and they do all these things this mechanical device is going to have to be maintained exactly i remember i was talking to a guy a local politician one time we were talking about roads and all he says every time the city or the state or the federal government puts down a road, funding for that road is not the end of it. That's just the beginning of it. Well, yeah. Once it's there, it has to be maintained. 
because exactly. gra- grass will grow through it. It'll crack. It'll freeze. Truck, trucks will beat it out. Yeah. It's going to have to be maintained. So this is not a once and done thing. Just right. like building that road, you can't just forget about it. Right. It will go away. Same thing with your car. You can't just do it and then forget about it. It's going to have to be maintained. You're going to get to a point where you, you're either going to have to start driving it more or let it sit and just finish rotting back down to the ground or you're going to actually have to think about considering getting rid of it right it's hey it's time to move this one um yeah i really enjoy the, i really enjoy the process and now this one's done and i really don't have, don't have time, time to drive it i'd really like to get another one well you might be able to sell that one get another one sure and start and off start again over. if that's what you care for i remember we had a guy who brought a mustang in oh several years ago and it had been totally restored about 10 years prior Mm -hmm. but it had been sitting for 10 years right and it was like starting off well yeah the the fuel system was rotted and yeah everything everything it it needed everything and it ended up costing as much almost as he had spent originally right to bring this thing back up just ain't gotta drive it hey go ahead and take our first quick little break be right back with more in the automotive hour Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, Think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us at the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And we've got Bruce's call. Good morning, Bruce. Hello. Hey, you there? Yes, sir. No, oh, okay. Just wanted to make a uh, say that one thing you forgot about restoring a car. Mm-hmm. Patience. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh... I tried that myself one time, and uh, I found out real quick I shouldn't be doing that. Well, it's not like you see on TV. You see these guys, they take this old car, and, you know, for $500,000 in about a week, they got it all up and running. It looks like brand new. It just don't work that way. It, it, it's more likely uh, no. $20,000, $30,000 in probably two years, years yeah. <laughs> of well, continuous hard work. Those, those fellows on television don't spend a nickel on it the sponsors pay for that's it. right that's right but they don't show all the money being spent either no, <laughs> no they've never come to my house to do that that's right that's no. right but uh i just want to make a comment about your show as a thanks i've been listening a long time and i've seen you at your shop a couple of times mm-hmm. and very informative and uh keep it up well thank you thank you sir all right, Ms. Bruce. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, going back to our phone lines, we've got Herb online. Good morning, Herb. Good morning. Yes, sir. I had a, I bought a 1978 four-door, four-wheel drive, Ford truck come out of Amazon down in there. It was a pipeline welding truck. Mm-hmm. I bought okay. it off at a junkyard. Mm. And I rebuilt that thing. It took about a year. Yeah. 
because it had mud packed in every hole. I bet. Oh, put, yeah. Well, first thing they'd done, they put up the engine was a Ford uh, rebuild, and they had put rotator springs without the rotator caps, I believe you call it, on the valve, you know? Okay. Hmm. And, uh, Anyhow, I wound up, I tore that thing from down from one end to the other, re- replaced the differential in the front, and uh, I mean, took it all apart and put all new gears and right. everything. But anyhow, I got it all done, put an air conditioner in it and everything. Me and my wife drove that thing to Utah, full on the travel trailer, hmm. and, and it didn't give any problem to come go. back, and I drive it to St. Francisville, where I worked at it once in a while, mm-hmm. but it wound up. You know, spend the winter sitting in my little barn. You have a hot day and a cold day, and it rained, and it'd be a sunshiny day, and this, that, and the other. And next spring, I got ready to pull it out. And, you know, I got ready to take the trip, so I started checking it. You pull the rear axles out of it. They had barnacles on them. You right. Rust. You had moisture in everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had you spend another month checking everything. I rust wheel bearings would be... Some of them would be rusted. Oh, yeah. And, uh, your brakes. And uh, you had uh, you had just rebuilding one. If you can't put it in a someplace where you can keep the temperature at least. Sealed environment. Right. Or at least use it, use it every day or two, three times control. a week. Yeah. It, uh, it, it don't, it's hard to get it hold of. I've been down there in the, in the morning where it's been cold for a while, and all of a sudden it's a nice warm day, and I'd go down to my shop and look. And I'd raise the hood, and they had that water running off of the valve cover. Yeah, uh, yeah, all the humidity and stuff. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. I just wanted to add that it's not a, it's not as easy once you get through with it as, <laughs> as you think it is. That's right. Y'all, y'all see me come in there, and it's now that I don't, I'm getting y'all to do stuff. Well, I, I just ain't able to do it no more. I understand. Yeah, and I'd rather take it to y'all than anybody else. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right, all right, sir. Thanks, man. Bye bye. I'll be seeing you again, Paul. Sounds Bye. great. Thank you. A couple of good points. It it does take a lot, lot of patience. And I know it's kind of misleading when you see a lot of these television shows, and I'm just picking on them, but you might just see another person with a nice car. Oh, that's cool. I'd like to have that. But mm-hmm. you don't realize the hundreds and hundreds of hours that went into this. Right. It's not a, unless it's an everyday job for you, mm-hmm. it's going to be all your spare time. Right. It's going to be tied up trying to get this done and it works great for a while you know you go in you're dedicated the first couple months maybe six months seven months it's still fun it's It's in the the honeymoon stage right exactly (laughs) but when that stage is over Mm -hmm. then the patience becomes priority right you have to be able to be dedicated to get this project done Mm -hmm. especially with some of the things you're doing you don't want to put a brand new fuel tank in it fill it full of gas and then it sit there for Rust six out. or eight months, and now you got rust in the tank. That's right. Now so, you got to rip it all out and start, start over again. Start all over again. So, yeah, it, that's the honeymoon. So it's kind of like being married. You know, I, I was talking to my daughter the other day. She'd been married about six months now. So how's everything going? Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till about 47, 48 years. And uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it just it takes patience, and it, it takes understanding. And just like with a marriage or anything else, you know, it's, uh, sure. it's not something that just happens by itself. I think we can squeeze one more. All right phone call in here hey good morning guys yes sir good good um i uh, had my front brakes replaced Mm -hmm. uh mid last year i think Mm -hmm. and i recently was advised by the garage that the rear brakes were metal on metal and one of the calipers had broken wow and i'm just curious i'm just curious like how because the car seemed to stop fine like presumably just using the fronts Mm -hmm. so i know that i know it's favored towards the fronts obviously because of the way that physics work Mm -hmm. but 
surely I would have noticed something if the rears were completely gone. Not necessarily, Mark. The newer cars... The, the cars have probably about four times the amount of braking they need to stop the car. You know, uh, they, they generally engineer about four times the stopping force that has power to take off, just for safety reasons. Now, if you're driving normally and you've lost 50% of the rear, you're probably not going to really notice that, you know, unless you're really, really looking for it. Now, in extreme condition, you may notice it. If you really lock the brakes up, it may not. But then again, if brakes are metal on metal, they're still going to stop good. In fact, metal on metal is going to stop better than a brake pad on metal would. It's just going to destroy the rotor, you know. But yeah. my question would be this, Mark, why didn't they spot that when it did the front brakes? Because I well, would... It's a different. it's a different garage for a okay. start, and I don't, but see, I don't think they took the, the first guy who did... I would never, ever, ever do front brakes without fully inspecting the rear. In fact, I got in trouble for that one time. I called... The guy brought in and said, I want the front brakes changed. Okay, fine. I'll check it, and I can let you know. No, I just want the front brakes changed. I said, well, I'll check it and let you know. So I called him back, and what had happened on the back end, one of the wheel cylinders had come apart... And it was all full of fluid. All the, the shoes were soaked with fluid, and it had chewed the drum up. So I started. I said, "Well, look, we got some problems in the rear." I didn't tell you to check the rear. I said, "Well, I'm surely not going to do the front without checking the rear." And he, he really got kind of miffed about it. I said, "Well, I'm sorry. You, you may need to select somebody else to do your work for you. If that's the way you feel, but I'm not going to go in and do the front without thoroughly inspecting the rear because six months earlier." That caliper may not have been locked up, but I'll bet you those pads are wearing faster on one side than the other. And that's a sign. So he could have told you that then, and that would have saved. You probably still would have to replace the caliper, but it might have saved the rotors. You know, so yeah. I know me personally, I will not touch anything on the brakes without fully inspecting the entire braking system. I'm not going to do the front without the rear. I'm not going to do the rear without the front. I'm not going to just change the mouth cylinder without pulling all the wheels and checking that. Just because it all works together as a system. So that would be my only concern. But, yes, you may not have noticed anything, particularly on a rear brake. And particularly if you're driving, you know, in a sane manner, not really. You know, if you were in the mountains yeah. pulling a travel trailer and, and jamming them on trying to stop, you probably would have noticed some diminished braking. But you got a lot more braking than you need to do the job. Right, I see. Well, you know I'd bring my car to you if I could. <laughs> well, it'd be kind of hard to get here from England, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a very long road trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could probably do it. You know, they, got, yeah. they got ships coming across that pond all the time, man. <laughs> yeah, they do. Just add a couple of grand to my bill. It'd be fine. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you something else, actually. I remember you were saying a couple of weeks ago that you never found any uh, windscreen wipers that would last longer than a year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Does that include the silicone one? You know, I think most of them now are made out of EPDM rubber, which is not a silicone base, but it's, it's a very, very tough rubber. But it's just, from what I've been told by the guys who manufacture rubber, so they just, the, the manufacturers of the wipers don't want to buy the good rubber. They want to put the cheaper stuff. I have not seen the silicone ones yet. I may have to look up a set and, and try them and see. I know yeah, silicone is really good at holding up the heat. I'm not sure about where. Well, they, uh, they're advertised as lasting at least twice as long, and I've seen mm. a couple of people saying they last twice as long. Well, I may have and to... And tw- they're about twice the price. <laughs> yeah, so it evens out. Yeah, I may have to grab a set and try them. I haven't tried them yet, no. And like I said, I know yeah, silicone's I, I, excellent for heat, but... Yeah, I, I needed some, so I, I bought them just to try them out. Okay. Not much. Well, yeah, let me, let me know how you like them. Yeah, I will do. Okay, man. All right. Cool. All right, Mark. Speak to you soon. Thanks for calling, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, we're going to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. A 
man. You have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy, Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, bruh. Extreme results. Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Agco Automotive. We make it easy. Quality repairs and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road. You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. If you join us, the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Lewis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two o'clock, try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us call. It's 291-6901. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity to get a live answer this morning, you can always visit our website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button, fill out the form, and hit the send button. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. I will get an ask back to you within 24 hours and sometime soon. That's it. And should you happen not to get an answer back, check your spam folder. A lot of times when, if you have your security settings pretty high and it see a server sending out a lot of email like ours does, it's going to assume that maybe it's spam. So uh-huh. it may so it put it into it. a spam folder. So yeah, check that. Also check the return address that you supplied because a lot of times, I'd say at least once a week, I'll hit the button and just pop back not known at this address or no uh-huh. such address or server not found or something like that. When that happens, I'll look at it and if I see an obvious error, like maybe a comma instead of a dot between the net and the what have you, I'll Right. correct that but most time it's just a combination of letters and and what have you and i can't get it so you're not gonna get an answer that'd be the only way i never ignore an email exactly so please don't think i'm ignoring you and just not answering the last caller mark was asked talking about the brakes and all that and i remember years ago i had it was a fairly new and i don't remember what kind of car it was but they had about thirty thousand miles on it and they were going on the fifth set of front brakes. Wow. And it was a dealership called me. He says, look, we, you know a lot about brakes. Well, I know something about them. He says, well, we put five sets of brakes. We've changed the calipers. We've changed the master cylinder. We've changed the hoses. And it keeps eating the front brake. We can't figure what's wrong. I said, well, well, how about the rear? He said, oh, they look great. Yeah, look great. Look like brand new. I said, well, they probably There's... look like brand new because they're not working. Exactly. <laughs> Check the, the rear. Problem. <laughs> So he calls me back. He says, man, I want to thank you. He says, we checked the rear, and they about how you know they're bad now. He says, well, we checked the pressure on it, and it's supposed to have 1,200 pounds of pressure, and it only had like five or 600 pounds of pressure. Mm-hmm. He says, we think the height control valve in the back is bad. I said, well, how do you know it's bad? He says, well, it's supposed to have 1,200 pounds of pressure coming out, and it didn't have but like a very small percentage of that coming out. I right. said, well, did you check pressure going in? Line goes dead. <laughs> I said, well, go back and check the pressure going into it. Uh-huh. Well, it only had five that, pounds of pressure going into it. Okay, so you fixing to put a twelve hundred dollar height valve on this thing without checking the pressure going into it? Right. I said, why don't you send that truck over here and let me look at it? <laughs> so they sent it to us, and we start looking at. It, and what what we found was it had the brake line that came from the master cylinder went down to the ABS unit, went back to the height control valve. Right. When they tied this thing down on the transport truck, they wrapped a chain around the frame, and it uh-huh. smashed that line. Right. So you had no pressure going to the back brakes. Well, no pressure going to the back brakes. The back brakes aren't working. The, the front's front doing all the stopping. Stop. It's just eating them up. So cut the line, double flared it, 
put a union in it, put it back together, and now problem solved. But it just shows you how you can go wrong if you don't inspect the entire braking system. Exactly. Fronts wearing out fast, it may not be the fronts that's the problem. Well, the fronts are working. Yeah, the fronts are working. That's, that's why they're why wearing they're out. out. <laughs> the rears aren't wearing out because they aren't working. Exactly. <laughs> so just an interesting point there. Let's go back to our phone lines with Steve. Good morning, Steve. Morning. Yes, sir. Hey, I've got a 2005 Dodge pickup mm-hmm. with the 4.7 liter engine okay. in it. And the check engine light come on. And I got the truck to display the code, and it's for the EGR valve. Okay. 406, I think it was. Okay. I was wondering if you could give me some insight on that. Well, Steve, that just says that the EGR valve is not flowing or that the sensor that checks it is not registering the flow. So there's any number. You just write it your very beginning right now. You have to go in and do some detective work to find out which thing or things are causing it. Now, unfortunately, what most people do at this point, they go put a new EGR valve on it. Then the light uh-huh. pops right back on. Because the real problem was the, the sensor passageway was under the EGR valve was plugged up with carbon. Well, it, see, it doesn't say the EGR valve is bad. It says it's not seeing EGR flow. Now, the vacuum uh-huh. line could have come off the valve. It's not opening. It could be the passages are plugged up with carbon. It could be the sensor that reads the change of pressure in the intake manifold that tells it that it's working has gone bad. So you've got to do some detective work. And what you would do is go into service data, look up that code, and then it'll give you a flow chart to follow. These are the things you have to check. But like I said, uh-huh. you, you can never, ever just take the code literally. A lot of them have a sensor on them that when that pencil opens, it actually tell the sensor tells the computer it's opened. Well, naturally, if a mouse gets under the hood and chews the wire up from the sensor, it opens, but it doesn't know it opened because it can't send a signal to it. Uh-huh. The point is that there's literally dozens of things that can set the same code. So a yeah. code just tells you this is where the problem is. It's almost like a fire alarm in a 20-story building. You know, it just says, hey, there's a problem here, but it doesn't tell you where it's at, which room it's in, or what it's going to take to put it out. Yeah. Well, this one's got that electric AGR valve right. on it. Correct. And I was wondering, could I possibly own that thing out just to see if the you can. Yeah, you can, you can check it with an ohmmeter. There's a test for that. And that'll tell you if the call is good. But again, it won't tell you the pencil's moving or not. Because the calls yeah. can be perfectly good, but the pencil's stuck in position. Or, yeah. like I said, it could be that the passageway under it, that was fairly common. They'd plug up with carbon. And that's fairly easy to check. You just take the bolts off the valve, take it off, crank it up, and see if you can hear, brrr, you know, the, the exhaust gas coming out. You know, temporarily. Oh, okay. So that'll tell you the passages are plugged up or not. And those can be the devil to unplug. You may see a big block of carbon right there, and you may grind that out, take a drill or something, and grind that out of there. But then way down, it's still plugged up. So uh-huh. you, you just going to have to do a little detective work on it. Certainly go ahead and own the calls in it. And if that's bad, well, then it's obviously that that's bad. And, again, that may be the whole problem or just part of the problem. The same yeah, thing, there's going to be a sensor on there that tells the computer when the valve opens. Yeah. It, it either has that or it has a map sensor and that senses the pressure increase in the intake. So one of those two things, if it goes bad, it won't tell the computer. Even though it is opening, it is working perfectly, the computer doesn't know it's opening. Uh, I got you. I got so. you. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I've been listening to you for a long time. I mm-hmm. just don't want to throw parts at the Yeah, truck. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would certainly ohm it out because if it, if the calls are open, open circuit or short at the ground, well, yeah, then that's pretty obvious. You're lucky with that. If not, then I would check and see if you're getting a signal from the computer to the EGR valve command to open. 
And then if you are getting the command and the valve itself is not shorted or open, next I just take it off and see if the gas is flowing. Because if it's plugged yep. up, you know, it's not going to have a flow. Beyond that, if it is opening, it is working, but the computer's not seeing it, you might have to check your map sensor or uh, the EGR position sensor, whichever one that uses. Uh, I might just bring it into you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in less than an hour, we can check all those things. So we got all the equipment to do it, and it would probably save you. Because if you start buying, that EGR valve might be 250 300 bucks. That's about three times what it's going to cost just to get it checked. And if it doesn't fix it, you just threw that money away. Yeah, I got you. So, okay, all, all right. right. I'm going to give you a call. All right, Steve. We appreciate it, man. Uh, okay, thanks. All right, thanks, Colin. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take our third and final little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks standoff Louisiana one, and you have to buy exactly 50 points. Three pounds. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, president of Echo Automotive. We've got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us calls, 291-6901. One thing, too, that I noticed just from having a lot of old cars that have been customized, restored, and all that is inevitably when you start to drive it, things are going to break. Some sure. of them are going to disable the car, so you got to fix it right away. Others are just little things that break. Maybe the glove box hinge breaks right. and now it's hanging open or this breaks or that breaks what i found real helpful i learned this later in life is as small things happen take care of them right away sure because yeah. what happens if you let something go before you know it something else has happened something else has happened something else happened and you're looking at a big old pile of stuff to be and human nature is when you got a lot of stuff to do you want to procrastinate put it off and not do it right so before you know it the cars kind of need to be rebuilt again so just kind of a tip when you do have an old car like as you drive go ahead and fix as you go every little thing go ahead and make the time fix it and then move on that way it stays in a good condition and it's a whole lot more fun right a lot more enjoyable no thing you may quit driving it because of something's annoying now and if you quit driving it that's kind of like the the key to the death yeah the key to death i was talking Stuart glasgow is life uh-huh. insurance guy and talking one time about people retiring and how many people retire and then die right and he's like in fact he says that he thinks probably the number one cause of death is uh, retirement yeah retirement <laughs> because people have been running hard all their life doing going staying sure. busy staying active and then all of a sudden they retire they go sit at home sit on the couch eat put on 40 pounds and boom, yep. next thing you know they're dead because they're not moving around same exact thing with a car it's got to be moved around it's got to operate it to, does to stay in decent condition last thought that i want to leave with you and that is insurance on the car if you have a restored car 
and it represents a good amount of money to you, you may want to consider insuring it. And there are several companies that will that specialize in insuring classic cars. That's right. But they have restrictions. Yeah, and see, the general insurance company, your normal insurance company... They will to a point. They will insure it to a point. Correct. But they're only going to insure it the value of the you got the blue book value of that they're not going to pay you if you've got say a 98 chevy pickup truck and you got 40 grand tied up in it and somebody t-bones it and they don't have insurance they're going to pay you the value of a 98 chevy pickup truck uh-huh. you're not going to get paid you have to have specified value correct or you have to insure the amount of value you expect to get back because if you're insuring a car that would normally be valued at twenty five hundred dollars and you expect to get Forty thousand. You didn't pay premium on forty thousand. You paid premium on that. So, you need to buy specified value. That's where you tell them the amount the car is worth. Your premium is going to be higher Uh because they're insuring a more expensive vehicle. But that's very important if you want to come out. Right. If something happens to it, right down the road. If you put liability only on it, it's not as important. If you can afford to lose the car, it's just a plaything for you. Uh You got money. You can afford to lose it. It'd be unfortunate, but it's not gonna wipe you out. Well, yeah, you, you you can just put liability on the car, sure. and that's based more on the driver than it is the car, so that won't really vary. So getting insurance, how much insurance, and the last thing is the requirements that the insurance company may have to insure this car. Right. Certain classic car insurance requires a secured garage that this vehicle be kept in when right. it's not being driven. A carport behind a fence is not a, not a garage to them. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the regulation. Now, you're talking about companies that specialize that in specialize this. in normally will give you a very, very attractive rate. They do. They M- do. Much cheaper than you're going to get from your regular insurance company because they're insuring it as a classic car. Right. They're, but in order to do that, they got to have certain requirements. They're, and they're not expecting this car to be driven every day. Right. So some of them actually have a requirement, a limit on the amount of miles you can put on it a year. Right. May have um, a 10,000 year. Sure mileage limit or whatever the number and they most of them they're not insuring breakdown and stuff so no. they don't care if you don't drive it at all right that's all, even better for them from a liability standpoint all they're securing is the asset itself yeah what they're doing is they're looking at a certain amount of money and the odds of it getting damaged that way they got to pay off now the more the car is driven the more the odds are of it getting damaged exactly so that's kind of counterintuitive to what we already told you about you need to drive the car and drive the car <laughs> exactly <laughs> but there may be a limit on that if you want to get classic car insurance correct the next thing like we talked about earlier you have to give them the specified value because i have to know how expensive is this piece of equipment that we're insuring some of them actually want to come out and do an evaluation they may want to look at the car right and under certain conditions if this is a hot rod and it's made to go real real fast they're looking at liability here they may not want to insure that car it's very possible you know they're putting up a bunch of money in a pot saying hey if you tear this car up we're going to pay this much so they have the right to evaluate that car is this something mm-hmm. we you know, actually want to get involved with yeah that's right in some cases they may not so anyway that's kind of i think story on car restoration it, i think we, it's a whole lot more than you would have thought it would have been it, it really is it's like everything else if it's something you just want to do you're going to enjoy it then that's great and a lot of people have a romantic notion about fixing cars oh i'd like to do that you know Uh it's it's something i'd like to do and i gotta say i've done it for well over 50 years i've always enjoyed it but it's not for everybody no it's not and even the the guys that used to do it they have finally figured out hey it's just not worth it anymore yeah well when you're talking about newer cars it's not that they are harder to fix 
but they require so much more information, right? So more much tooling. more knowledge. knowledge and tooling to fix that. It's just if you're going to fix one car, it's just not practical to go invest twenty thousand dollars in tooling to, to, work to, to get this car, car fixed because right. it's not ever going to cost you twenty thousand dollars to get the car fixed. You way better off just to pay somebody to do it. Yep. Like I've always done a lot of my own handiwork around the house i would do plumbing work i would do electrical work because if you've ever fixed a car you understand electric sure you know about ground circuits you know about all these different things so a house is not much difference even plumbing you've done hydraulics you've done drains you've done all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i could do a lot of that but now if i'm in my condo in new orleans i am easier just to call a plumber simply because i don't have all the tools i've got it at my house in baton rouge but i don't have to haul all this stuff down down there there. i've got a very limited space to work so i don't have place to store all this stuff down there right so i'm more likely just to call somebody to come on and do it sure they can come in they can do the job and be gone in a couple hours a couple hours they're done you're right it's all going about your day my air conditioner at my house in baton rouge the compressor went out well it's no big deal for me to go and replace that compressor i've right. got vacuum pumps i've got leak detectors i've got all the stuff right there got voltmeters everything right there take it out cut the line solder a new one in sure. vacuum it out charge it up send it on out i mean i do the same thing on cars every day all day long so different refrigerant that we're working with a little bit different looking unit but it's basically the same exact thing but now when my air conditioner in fact it didn't go out it just it was old it was about 15 years old okay so during the winter i decided i'm gonna have this thing replaced because i don't want to break down in june july or august exactly was 100 degrees outside so i had to call somebody to do that and i was interested because i've done a lot of it myself so i asked him if you mind if i if i watched why so i right. did it and he didn't mind we talked and actually kind of became friends about it and but you know i'm not questioning what he's doing it's just i'm interested and i like to see that kind of stuff but it's not something i could practically do myself it's just easy for me to do and, so, and the same thing with cars today we've got a large amount of our client base or people who have a lot of mechanical aptitude or people who used to work on cars themselves and they tend to identify with us because of the way we do things they right. say, well yeah you do things in a logical manner i was real apprehensive about going somewhere else because i don't like i know the things that go on exactly and so people will choose us a lot of times we have a very very high percentage of our customers are engineers because engineers are very persnickety for the most part about how things are done they come in and they ask you some questions and you tell them why you do the things you do and that resonates with them right they understand that they understand that they identify with that so they are more likely to become one of our customers as opposed to someone who knows nothing about a car whatsoever and he's not interested in details now all. all he wants to know is how much and when i say well i can't tell you how much because i don't know what's wrong with the car well that doesn't make sense to him no he not just at all. he just wants a price and to him the more i explain the less plausible it seems to become to him you know he doesn't understand he doesn't know anything about it. he doesn't know, want to know anything all he wants to know is how much it's gonna cost right so you try to explain well we have to do this this and this and then we can find out how much it would cost well can't you just do this well no we can't because if i do that and it doesn't fix it then who's gonna be a fault right you can be mad at me you can be mad at me you know yeah i had a guy says well i think it may be could it be this well yeah it could be well, yeah. how much is that well, <laughs> wait a minute it, it could be a thousand that. things that doesn't give you any information right i'm not helping you at all 
But to some people, that's the way they want to do things. Well, they're not likely to become one of our customers. No, that's the guy that's going to call around to 15 shops. And it's probably the guy who's going to be real price. disappointed what he gets. Right. So I see it's just about time to get on out of here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, whichever that might be. Find a written view and fill it out for us, please. There you go. If everybody out there would tell one friend and get them to listen, that would double our listenership overnight. That it would. <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend. <laughs>